This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Hello and welcome to the latest episode of Grecian's Gossip. Joining me, Jack Ball, today is podcast regulars Jamie Hawkins and Daniel Clark. Good afternoon to you both. Hi, Jack. Hi. So we're now five games into the season. Exeter City is still unbeaten. This management lark it seems to be pretty easy for Matt Taylor, doesn't it? I don't think anyone could have predicted um, it to have gone as well as it has so far to be unbeaten, um, you know, to have beaten a, a championship team in the, in the League Cup. Um, it's been a very promising and, and bright start. You know, obviously there was a lot of uncertainty with a new manager, um, someone who's, you know, it's his first job in management. But he's done as well as anyone could have, you know, hoped for. And... Um, Obviously, Taylor's been quick to play it all down, as you know. I guess he rightly should. Mm. I think after the Newport game, when we drew it as the first points we dropped the season, he was like, you know, sort of a reality check was needed because people were already talking about promotion, you know, winning the title, and he just said it was getting a bit ridiculous, really. That three games into the season, you're talking about, you know, the end of the season already. So obviously, he's keeping his feet firmly on the ground as the players are but inside he must be absolutely delighted with, with how it's gone I don't think he could have imagined it to have gone this well really It's all followed on from pre-season as well isn't it Daniel I mean they did well in pre-season ending in that good win against Bristol Rovers and it's just carried on from there Yeah it's all you know it seems to be gone almost almost too well so far <laughs> at this stage you know I mean I suppose in one hand you know you've got to look at they haven't you know the sides they've played so far this season you know, it's kind of the kind of start you'd have actually been asking, asking for if you could because the four sides played in the league. I don't, don't think anyone really thinks that, that any of those will be, you know, contending for promotion at the end of the season. So it's kind of a a softish start to the season against sides who are probably going to be bottom half of the table. But you've got, obviously got to go out and and win those games. And you know, it seems to, you know it's been quite impressive. You know, the, the results have been good. I mean, some of the performances. Not necessarily been 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 up brilliant, but they they've been grinding. You know. I think mm. I, I, by all accounts, will come on to the you know the Cambridge game. It didn't sound like they played math particularly well, but they ground out you know, a good two 0 fairly comfortable win in the end away from home. So you know, it's all going. You know, obviously, it's not had too many difficulties, difficult challenges with you know players being injured or suspended or you know how we how how they react after you know a poor set of results yet. But you know, so far so good for Matt Taylor, and I you know I think if you know you ask anyone at this stage of the season, you know. You know, four five games, four wins, and a and a draw. I think everyone would have taken that because you know it's almost you know as good as you could possibly have hoped for, really. And people say you shouldn't look at the table until ten games in, but still, you know, top of the table after four league yeah, matches. Top, you know, if you're top of the table, you look at the table's first game of the season. <laughs> You've got to enjoy it, haven't you, while it's there? And um, obviously, I mean, you mentioned the fact that it's not been the hardest of starts, but Newport County have got some good results this season so far. And you know, like you said, you've got to beat those teams. But that game finished one-one. Last Saturday, Jamie Stockley netted in the 21st minute and then Mark Harris got an 81st minute equaliser. Jamie, not the best of games by all accounts, but still a point to show for it and that's the main thing, picking up points when you're perhaps not playing at your best. Yeah, it wasn't the most... Um, how to 
put the best quality of, of games and I don't think anyone expected it to be a, a great game. Matt Taylor said, you know, um, they were going to be a, a tough physical side and they proved exactly that. The first half was quite a um, a game of a bit of hoofball going on for between both sides. It was very scrappy and, and cagey. Um, and, you know, Exeter took the lead. It was a bit of a clever work to free cook questionable defender from for Newport you know, it was a bit of a low free kick from Jake Taylor and Stockley just nodded it on completely unmarked um, and you know Newport didn't really get going until, until the second half and then they got that equaliser and if anyone was going to win it was going to be Newport was sort of hanging on for for you know the last sort of 10 minutes but um, yeah I think it, it is a good point because like I said Newport have made a a really good start. They went into that one having beaten Cambridge 4-1 in the mm. Cup prior to that, so they were obviously full of confidence and on a high. Um, you know, and I think it does show a lot of character if you don't play that well, play at your best, but still manage to, to get a result. Um, they did have chances, of course. You know, Stockley had a header just before their equaliser, which was somehow kept out. Um, and, you know, Nicky Law hit the bar after coming on as well so did have their chances and obviously left to to ruin them but there were still a lot of positives to come at the game defence apart from you know, it's a bit of a uh, mistake from, from Dean Moxie and Troy Brown for, for their goal but defence looked pretty solid with, with Brown and Aaron Martin forming a, a good partnership um, a lot of you know options on the bench with um, you know sort of like Matt Jay coming on you know we can add that that pace and quality Nicolor coming on obviously had a bit of a, a knock at Morecambe but he looks to be back in full fitness now um, so yeah still unbeaten you've got to take that Newport mm. we've got a pretty poor record um, against Newport after Saturday we've only won two out of the last seven games between them um, so it'll be a bigger test to come but um yeah, it's still a good point and it just keeps the run going. Which so it keeps important. the momentum going and of course Daniel Gill and Stockley netted again. There are so many teams that have, can have a good defence but you know, lacking that real quality striker up front and Gill and Stockley seems to be that. Does that add to the sort of confidence when you're playing games, when extra playing games? Do fans relax a bit more knowing that he's got that potential even if you're not playing well? Yeah, I think it definitely helps knowing you've got someone who is going to get you 20 goals a season. You know, he's... You know, sort of, you know, sort of this season was got three this season already, and mm. should have had about five on the opening day, and didn't score on that day. So he sort of, you kind of feel, you know, if Stockley stays fit and stays with, the, you know, no one comes in for him either now or you know, in January, he's probably going to get twenty goals minimum this season. So it gives you, you know, sort of a knowledge that someone is going to score you mm. enough goals that. Firstly, will mean that you know, no matter how badly the season goes, if some if you've got a man scoring twenty twenty five goals a season, you're not going to go down. And also, you know, if you're playing well, it's just going to get you goals and and win you games. And you know, Sockley seems to be enjoying his football. He's you know, you know, seems to be getting getting these goals. It's you know, last season, you know, perhaps questions could he do it again? But he's he, he started on fire, so mm. he sort of. We should feel that that twenty five goals a season is going to be the norm rather than the the exception. And you know, if you've, you've got strikers who are you know taking their chances, then it's you can almost afford to you know maybe be you know occasionally be a little bit more defensive or you know, shut up shop a little bit and keep things a little bit tighter, knowing that you don't need to create you know twenty chances a game to score. You know, if you can get a couple of good crosses into the box mm. and Stockley get his head on them, 
you know, ideally put them straight in the back of the net rather than going through the keeper's hands as it as it did against Cambridge. But they all they all count, and he'll claim that one. As long as it's bulging in the back of the net, they'll they'll be happy, I'm sure. And how and yeah. how have the other strikers sort of complemented him? You've obviously got Tristan Abrahams, Matt Jay, and of course um, Jonathan Fort. So how have they sort of worked with with um, Jaden? Yeah, they've all the ones you mentioned. They've all got a lot of pace. I think Daniel and a few others, myself included, surprised at how quick he was, Jonathan Fort. Um, we didn't really see that at, at Knox County, but you know he, he's formed a good partnership with Stockley. They played, they started together against Newport, and it seemed to work well because Stockley would often get the ball quite deep and sort of you know play it up to Fort, a long mm-hmm. ball up to Fort, and he would just run and he sort of terrorised the Newport defence, and he was unlucky not to. To, to get any you know goals in that game, but he, he's such a good runner of the ball. He got you know a goal at Cambridge, a bit of a poacher's goal, like Daniel said, a bit of a howler. But they all count. Um, so yeah, it's really important that um, Stockley isn't the only one finding the goals. I think that was a, a sort of worry last season that Stockley scores. But other than that, you're sort of scratching your head as to who's going to get. I don't know, ten, fifteen goals a season and four looks like that sort of player because um, you know I think we said last season Stockley often was left so isolated up front no one within a few yards of him whereas you've got Fort making those own runs Abraham's and Jay as well he'll run on to his flick-ons and headers um, so that's really important and you know I spoke to Jane Stockley after the Newport game and he just said it's so much better to have someone up front with yeah. him to make those runs because otherwise he wins the ball and he's got no one to pass it to and by the time he's thought about where the ball's going to go he's lost it and you see the strikers that play up front on their own they're isolated they're just bullied by two centre-backs and there's, there's not much they can really do and you can imagine them getting frustrated in that sort of situation yeah and for, we, I think we've seen it from Stockley a few times he does get frustrated quite quite easily things aren't sort of going his way if he's not getting the service um, but he doesn't seem to have shown that so far this season so um yeah, I think Fort will be a really important player for Exeter. He definitely seems to sort that will get, you know, a few goals. Um, it must be quite encouraging that Matt Taylor sort of picked that out. Even in pre-season, I remember one of the first interviews that I saw him do after Tisdale left was him saying he wants to sign a few strikers. That was top of his agenda. He sort of seems to have known where the problems were from last season and, yeah. and has added to that this year. Obviously, you know, last season Stockley was, was the main man, scored all those goals, but you sort of looked at the other, you know, the other striking options and... They're all sort of similar kind of players, you know, Robbie Simpson, Ryan Brunt. They're sort of both, you know, sort of physical target men mm. kind of players. And what the, the club really lacked last season was any kind of pace going forward in attack because, you know, particularly after you know, Stockley up on his own, then on, on the wings you, you know, had sort of Lee Holmes or Ryan Harley. You know, they, you know, they've got their qualities, but they're not sprinters. They're yeah. not going to, you know, they're not going to run in behind you and beat defenders that way. So they needed to get some pace into the attack and so you thought we've you know it was very quick Abraham's you know again lightning fast in behind and you know seems to actually be you know we obviously knew he was quick but he seems to actually be better at holding the ball up and sort of bringing other players into to play and using his physicality than perhaps anyone expected him to and that was really impressive against Ipswich when he, when he used that so obviously they've got you know pace to run in behind obviously Lee Martin again sort of played in more of a wide role but could play as a second striker yeah. as well he can, he's got the pace to run at defenders so it sort of it allows you to you know have to play different options and sort of you know you can hit balls over the top 
knowing that actually you've got somebody who's going to run on and might be able to get on the end of it. So and not just that. I mean, in the second half, if you've got pacey players that can tire out the opposition defence, it's in those last fifteen twenty minutes where they're starting to really get a bit tired out that you can really mm-hmm. take advantage of that as that's, the season goes on. Yeah, that's when. Um, sort of Trish and Abraham's sort of come on the last 15 minutes it's probably the last thing the opposition defenders want to see yeah he's <laughs> so quick I mean, when he came on against Carlisle the pace was just unreal chasing every single ball chasing defenders down and like you said you've got like there's a lot of experienced defenders in League 2 sort of you know in their 30s plus in their you know the latter stages of their career so the last thing they want is a, a quick teenager to come on and give them the run around but yeah. um it's just that an ideal player to, to have to come on. And it, you know, if you've got pace up front, you can you know, and you're defending a lead in particular, you can perhaps you can sit back a little bit more. Mm. You can you know maybe stick an extra man back in defence just or midfield just to try and close out games, knowing that when you do clear the ball, you've actually got someone up there who can run after it and chase and get in behind and hit teams on the counter attack. Which last season, City didn't really have in that you know any that kind of player who could you know get you out of defence and get you up the pitch you know, from one end of the pitch to the other end pretty quickly but now this season you know, they've got plenty of options the ones we've mentioned obviously you know, the likes of Archie Collins and Jack Sparks the youngsters again similar kind of players who can get the ball and will run with it and can run past defenders so and having those different options must be harder for the opposition to plan against because if you've just got one target man they know you're just going to help you know, hoof it up to him yeah. every single time yeah. that must be much easier to defend against than if you've got different options in your team and you've still got the option to, to hit it long to Stockley and you know he seems to be winning his fair still wins yeah. his fair share of headers but you know this time if he's winning headers and he's flicking it on there's actually someone running in behind and who's getting on the end of it so you've got, you know you can play in defeat or you can you can still go long knowing that You've actually got you know two options. You can either win the header or you can just chase after it. So they look to be you know perhaps a more cohesive unit going forward, or have more options as to how they could possibly score goals this season than than they did last season. Whether that's going to you know, the, the more attacking style of play potentially could could even concede more goals and be a, be a little bit weaker defensively. But so far, it hasn't really. Shown. I mean, then it's five games and conceded three goals in that, and mm. you know, one is an absolute howler from Christy Pym that will never happen again. And you know, against Newport, they never look like conceding until you know Troy Brown, and Dean Moxie both make you know an error that you'll make maybe once, twice a season, but they made it in the same move, yeah. which led to the goal there. So actually, you know, there's a few fears that they might be a little bit too open at the back, but it's not being you know shown on the pitch so far. And, you know, they've got a very good defensive record so far, so it all, all seems to be you know, working at both ends of the pitches so far. And as we say, we followed the, the 1-1 draw with Newport with a 2-0 win away at Cambridge, both Stockley and Jonathan Fort getting on the score sheet. It was obviously important to bounce back for Newport, but 10 points from a possible 12, is that more than anyone really expected at this stage? Probably. I mean, like I said, there was so much uncertainty. No one knew what was going to happen like that first game against Carlisle. No one knew how the team were going to play. A lot of new signings were they going to work and gel together, but they looked like they've been playing together for months. And look, I think if you asked Matt Taylor at the start of the season, would he have taken ten points from the first twelve? We would have snatched your hand off. I think. Um, as Samuel said, perhaps the teams haven't been on paper too challenging. I don't think any of the teams that we've played will be sort of up there at the end of the season. Newport, perhaps. You know, they've been pretty solid the last. Sort of few years. Um, just looking ahead to September, it's going to be such a, a tough month. You've got 
MK Dons on Saturday, Lincoln the following Saturday at home who are unbeaten um, still, and I think then it's Notts County who should, <laughs> should be up should there. Should be up there, yeah. but if you lose 4 0 at home to Yeovil, that's, that's a worry. Yeah. And then there's another one, Mansfield, is it? Got, I think. Yeah, I think that's so just going to be such a tough month. Um, and I think, like Taylor said a couple of weeks ago, he's still waiting you know, to be really tested, you know, when Exeter go a goal behind, which they haven't been behind in the league this season, when they do go behind, you know, how do they respond? How do they adapt? Does he change formation, you know, key substitutes? So it's going to be such an interesting month, a challenging one. I think that will be when we can start judging Taylor as a manager to see, you know, what, you know, he can do when they really get tested. Because like I said, the league hasn't really happened happened against Ipswich in the cup when they go behind and he made some bold decisions mm. with substitutes taking senior players off for, for youngsters and it paid off um, but that's completely different competition obviously so it'll be interesting to see what happens in the next few weeks definitely but the biggest game possibly of the season so far to come is on Saturday for many different reasons Obviously, it's Paul Tisdale's MK Dons or MK Grecians, as some people have labelled them in the last weeks for some obvious reasons. First of all, we just take away the points from the situation and just focus on Tisdale and some of the players and the staff that have all joined MK Dons. Is this game very personal for City fans? Is there a lot riding on this in terms of pride? I think that there is probably more than it realistically should be because it is still just a, a League 2 fixture. But sort of, I think there's a lot of you know, City fans, particularly ones who have sort of been anti Tisdale for a year or two, and you know called called for him to leave long before he actually did. Who would love to be proven right in a sense of you know go if you go there and and win the game and you know playing some thrilling attacking football mm. and win comfortably, sort of you know saying this is what we've been saying all along. We should have got rid of him ages ago. On the, you know, there'll be others who, you know, perhaps saying that you know, Portisdale did a fantastic job, and you know, it, it, we should never have got rid of him. And their views would perhaps be, you know, amplified if MK Dons do win on on Saturday. So, there's, I think there's a there's a definite, like definite split in the still in the city camp in terms of sort of what people's opinions of Tisdale are and what they you know, perceive him perceive it would be and. I think, irrespective of what the result is, there's going to still be a, you know, those arguments aren't going to go away as yeah. to whether he should still be the manager now or whether he should have gone gone two years ago. But obviously, particularly you know, having obviously he made the decision to go and then they've signed signed the captain on a, you know, and then rotate you know, Ryan Harley as well and Robbie Simpson and then Steve Perryman moving. You know, to MK Dons after his short-lived retirement, <laughs> it's sort of you know there's an L. It sort of just feels obviously you know Portis does perfectly entitled to to sign whichever players he likes as long as clubs accept offers for them. Yeah. But it sort of feels like he's just gone in. You know, for some fans he's gone in and just just okay. Well, you, you, not only you, you, know, you didn't get up with you, I'm just going to steal some of your best players now as well. And it's sort you know there's an element of you know could have looked any, anywhere else for signings, but it's gone to City. But as we've seen over the years that you know, Paul Tisdale's transfer strategy a lot of the time did appear to be signed players you've previously had at clubs so, so you, you, he's used to working with players so you know it's not entirely surprising that he you know likes a more Taylor and Ryan Harley that he was you know, always going to be interested and you know he knows what he's going to get with them doesn't he I suppose that's the one thing but I mean 
from some of the reaction that I saw, it was the Steve Perryman thing almost seemed to be a straw that broke some of the camel's back for some people. Um, yeah. It's still very raw. I mean, it's still only, what, a month? It's still been going on for a month, just a month and a half. How do you feel going into the game? Do yeah, you? I mean, it's, such a, it's going to be such a fascinating game. Unfortunately, I won't be able to make it, but it just be so interesting to see what the atmosphere and the awareness, like like Daniel said, it'll be split. I think it'll be split at sort of 50 50. Um, given the way the reaction has been sort of this season from, from Exeter fans at, at home games, you know, some, some of the chants that have been said can't really repeat them <laughs> on here, but obviously, you know, they're fully behind Matt Taylor and quick to forget sort of Tisdale, which, you know, having been manager for, for 12 years, it's hard to sort of just forget and move on. But then, in, in another way, it's a new era, um, as you know, the two words that have been sort of used most perhaps for Exeter, new era, new manager, new dawn. Um, so, yeah, I don't know. I think a lot of Exeter fans, you know, when the fixtures came out, MK Dons was the first one everyone was looking for. Mm. Obviously, don't really have a derby this season. So, um, yeah, it's going to be interesting because obviously they haven't really had this for a long time where a former manager has gone on to somewhere else and come up against them. The big generation fans that have never gone through that before. No, exactly, yeah. I think the previous one, Alex Inglethorpe left for Tottenham, didn't he? But obviously we, would, we never would have come up against him because he was a sort of a, a youth coach or something, wasn't he? Yeah, vaguely well, so, when they played Liverpool, he was sort of involved with their youth set yeah. and they essentially had a youth team out in the cup, but it's not quite the same. He wasn't actually the manager. So, but Do you think any of this Tisdale, former player, former star mm-hmm. sort of stuff, can it act as a distraction or do you think Matt Taylor will very much have his players' heads down it's just another three points he's got, that's the way he's got to be thinking about it you've got to be sort of just thinking this is a, you're playing MK Dons and it doesn't matter who the manager is because who the players are you know because it, it can become you know as you said a distraction you're sort of thinking you know they'll be looking around sort of thinking well what you know obviously the that Mr. Pleasant no porters still sort of how do you react to him when you see him in the tunnel and you know sort of looking around and sort of finding out what what are the fans thinking about this? You've almost just got to completely forget about the you know the ex-player and ex-manager connection and just just treat it as a normal game of football. You know, MK Dons, you know, it's going to be a tough game anyway because you know they've come they've come down from last season. They've got one of the biggest budgets, mm-hmm. if not the biggest, in the league. Obviously, playing it's a, it's a it's a massive stadium that they're playing in. One, you know, probably it's probably going to be the biggest stadium we play in this season in the league. Not probably not going to be full, but even so, it's you know, they, you know their, their stadium very different to say you know Morecambe away in, in the you know the style of ground it is. So it's a game that you know you're probably looking at you know you into it you know kid on a good good side anyway, and you're sort of thinking actually a draw is probably a good result. I was going to say come, you- if you come away from it, you know you know you take the Tisdale and factor out completely. If you go away to MK Dons and draw the game. I don't think there'll be too many people who'd be disappointed that you've not won that game because you know it's you know it's going to be a tough game. They've got you know side that perhaps will be on paper is you know as good as cities if not better and you know it's that you know that would be you know a result. I think you'd be you know, a lot. Pretty much everyone would take if you offered it before the game. And you were saying earlier on about the start hasn't been the toughest. So would you say this is the first real tough test in the league for for yeah, Taylor? I think so. Yeah, because you know MK Dons. I think. Start of the season were you know bookies, you know one of the bookies' favourites mm. to get that one of those three automatic promotion spots. So you'd you'd, fan, you'd think that you know they obviously more fancied than Exeter. I think you know so you've got to be looking. This is you know 
a tough game against the side who think people think are going to be up there at the end of the season. Obviously, they're, they're unbeaten still in the league as well. So, you know, they've obviously a couple of draws and two wins and obviously a win in the cup against higher league opposition as well. So they've had a good start to the season as well. You know, they'll be perhaps disappointed. Couldn't win last night. Yeah. Uh, you know, against 10 men for, for a large period of the game. But, you know, that, so they might be wanting to bounce back from a couple of disappointing draws. But it's, I think it is the toughest game that they've played so far in the league this season you know MK Dons I think most people would probably suspect they will be in the playoffs at the end of the season you know it's where Exeter should hopefully be looking for as well so you know it's the kind of it's the kind of game that sort of you know perhaps just sort of gives you more of an idea as to just how good your side is and you know whether you can whether you know you can be looking at playoffs automatic promotion how far up the table, you know, realistically, you know, should be a target, and and you know, what's you know, what's a good season, what's a bad season, because you know they are the toughest side. I think City have played this season, and I think they will finish ahead of any of the four sides they've played so far. And just just finally on the MK Dons game before we move on, in terms of the former players, how what sort of reaction do you think they get? Especially obviously there was an issue with the contract about someone going for free. Mm. Um, what, what sort of reaction do you think they'll get from City fans? Uh, yeah, it's an interesting one because Jordan Moore Taylor's one referring to that. Yeah. Obviously, there's a clause in his contract. If he didn't get promoted, then he could leave on a free. It wasn't his fault, to be fair. No, yeah, obviously, he signed it earlier in the season. Um, I suppose if he didn't sign, you know, he wasn't going to sign a, a deal without that clause in anyway. Yeah. So, if you don't put that clause in his contract, he's not a City player at the moment, anyways. Mm. I mean, that's frustrating because, you know, he's such a good player and you thought he would have got decent fee for him probably like a six figure sum at least do you imagine fans um, with a negative reaction towards him when he gets the ball you know will there be a lot of booze or I wouldn't be surprised to be honest I think that's just the nature of football fans isn't Panto, it? When a, Panto, isn't yeah it? when a, a former player comes up against your side it's, you're always going to get a, a reaction as will Hardy probably um, be interested to see if any of them score as well obviously Rory Simpson he was a bit of a, a fan favourite amongst extra fans um so I don't. He probably won't get booed as much. Oh, he, was, he was released by by City anyway. So yeah. you know, it's not like you know. Yeah, it wasn't. Be, a, it wasn't a signing. He was yeah. a free transfer. Yeah. So it was perfect. You know, that yeah. one would be. If any of them, you know, he's the, the least likely to get booed. Yeah. You'd think purely on the grounds that he wasn't a City player when he signed for MK Dons. There will be some bits in this, I think. But it'll be interesting to see because you know, they might well very be up for this game as well. You know, it'll be a, a fascinating encounter, won't it? That's yeah. for sure. See, Robbie Simpson's already got two goals this season, so which is more than he got in his time. <laughs> yeah, missing it. We're finally seeing the best of him once he's left the club. So, so you, a nightmare for extra fans to be Evie Nets a late winner on uh, on Saturday. Yeah. <laughs> so finally, obviously, we can't forget there's a, a League Cup second round game to look forward to for City fans against Premier League side Fulham the night at Craven Cottage Jamie you're going mm. are you excited? Absolutely yeah I think it's one of the best draws I could have got really a Premier League team away from home I think Fulham are such a I don't know they're liked by everyone everyone just likes Fulham don't they because of their ground it's nice I haven't been it would be the first time I've been to Craven Cottage but a nice sort of small Premier League ground right in the the centre of London on, on the Thames um get the ferry there as well which <laughs> sounds fun um, so yeah it's just uh, it'll just be a, a great experience a great occasion for, for fans it'll be another ground that a lot of people will have you know be able to tick off um, 
Exeter have quite a good following in London as well, so I imagine there'll be quite a few making the trip there. I know it's a Tuesday night and it's such short notice, it's difficult to get time of work, but £10 for tickets as well, brilliant gesture from a, a Premier League club. And these games don't come around that often, really, do they? No, absolutely. And, you know, they just enjoy the night, I'm sure Matt Taylor just make the point just enjoy it forget the result just go out there and enjoy it you know these like I said these days don't come around often um, but you know given how well they did against Ipswich knocking out a you know a, a team two leagues above them anything can happen I expect Fulham to make a lot of changes given that you know they'll be playing on the Sunday as well yeah. so a two day turnaround probably make 11 changes um, from that game but you know they've got such a strong squad so you think they'll be a good you know, a few notable faces um, in that Fulham team. Yeah, yeah, it would just be a, a great occasion, and um, yeah, one that you know everyone will enjoy. That's the thing, you know. You see some of these Championship and Premier League teams that play in these early rounds in the cups, and they sell or they make eight changes. But mm. those eight changes are still multi-million pound signings. Half of them that would get into any League One or League Two team. So, mm. do you do you envisage that being a benefit to Exeter if they do make changes? I think it might necessarily. You know, it's. Is always if you're playing against a second string side, they're not, you know, going to be quite as strong as, as that, you know, their first team, you know, their very best players. Mm. But on the other hand, Fulham made so many signings over the summer that you know, essentially eleven changes will be similar kind of side to the side that got up through the Championship playoffs last season. So it's not like they've got, you know, a weak squad. In, you know, maybe, you know, Premier League wise, it's not top level. It's you know. There's a, you know, they haven't had the best start to the season, but you know, in terms of you know, it's still a massive step up, and you know, you sort of you know, anyone who you know, any one of the eleven players, I think Fulham will put out on that day, you know, would walk into Exeter City side. So you kind of feel that, irrespective of what side they put out, mm. it should be strong enough for them to get the win. I mean, pretend, you know, potentially, depending on how things go. You know, on on Sunday for them, if they lose that game, then that could be three defeats in a row, and you sort of feel the manager. You know, after his early days, you just might he might just want to get a win under his un, un, for the season and just play a slightly stronger side. You never know, but you know they should. You know, even if it's just to get two 0 up at half time and then take rest a couple of players off. But you know, Fulham will definitely, I think, be fully expecting to win that game, and I think most Exeter fans. Realistically, we'll be expecting to lose that game. Go, you just got to enjoy the occasion, really. Yeah, I mean, in particular, you know, might, you know, and particularly, I suppose, if, if extra avoid defeat on Saturday, at MK Dons, it might not be the worst game for Matt Taylor to have as a as a first defeat in charge. You know, sort of, it's a game you're expected to lose. It's not one that's you know, it's the, it's the League Cup rather than the League, which you know, the best will in the world, City aren't going to win the League Cup. Mm. So, it, you know, it, you know, it kind of could be the, you know, almost, you never want to lose any game, but if you're going to be a first loss, it's not the worst one. It's almost like a free pass, isn't to it? To have as a, yeah, because, you know, you expect it to lose. Yeah. So, you know, you can just sort of forget about it and go back to the league, you know, next next week, knowing, you know, you've, you've won a round, you've given, you know, as long as, I suppose as long as it's, you know, doesn't turn into sort of a five, six goal defeat and then can get a little bit embarrassing and, Anything like that, but even you, know, you can hold. You know, if you can sort of just you know, give a good account of yourselves, ideally score one goal if you can. You know, sort of you know keep the keep the game as close and as tight as you can for a long time, and you you just never know in these kind of cup ties what how you know it happens on the day. You know, I think Fulham 
have not got a great record in cups recently. I don't think you, uh, their boss has has taken them massively seriously. So you never you know you never know what what could happen. But I think you know you've got to go into it expecting that you know Fulham will win the game. And like you said, anything could happen. You know, their keeper could be sent off after two minutes for making <laughs> a, a, a lunging tackle. You never know on the day what could happen. Yeah, but even the replacements that do come in that maybe haven't been playing, that's going to be their chance to stake a claim for first team football. They're not going to take it lightly either. No, they shouldn't. You know, there's a lot of potential in the squad as well. Um, yeah, I'd be interested to see the sort of team Matt Taylor plays as well. So we'll see it'll be a relatively quick turnaround for, for them as well. Um, but you know, the, the youngsters impress, you know, with Jack Sparks and Archie Collins against Ipswich. So maybe it'll give them a, some minutes as they probably deserve. Um, but it's good that, you know, that's such a strong squad this season, the strongest squad as I've seen for a very long time. So whoever they, you know, put out, you know, it would be a strong team. It wouldn't be, you know, recent years we've seen in cup games, it would just be 11 youngsters yeah. who never played together. But they've got that mix of experience now you know a lot of experienced players that struggle to get into the first team um, like you know Luke Rowe hasn't played a single minute of the season um, so yeah it would be a good mix of, of, of youth and experience which is important obviously to get you know minutes under their belt um, and yeah obviously Matt Taylor will go into that game with, with no fear as he should and who knows? It's a cup game. Any anything can happen. I'm sure the extra fans will be well up. Sorry, the extra players will be well up for it as well. You know, it's it's a chance to play on a very big stage, isn't it? So, um, right, that's all we've got time for now. Thanks very much for listening. We'll be back next week to reflect on two very big games for City in England, Dons and Fulham, and look ahead to another tough game against Lincoln, who are one of the favourites as well. Thanks for joining us. <laughs>